No marketing creates clients. It's about building a relationship consistently. You can use social media platforms to build that relationship. You can use advertising to build that relationship. You can use many formats to build a relationship. But the key always is, are you building a relationship consistently? Because if you are, you will never run out of clients. Listen to the full episode at Master Coaching with Ajit Podcast. Have you heard? Podcast advertising works. In fact, Kantar ranked podcasts as the most effective digital advertising channel above social media ads, influencer content, and every other medium. Whether it's right for your brand to run its own ad creative, have some of our 80,000 plus podcasters read your message themselves, or even create your own branded episode or series, at Acast, we'll use our world-class expertise to guide you every step of the way to make sure your campaign is efficient, effective, and enjoyable. Hear podcasts? Think Acast. Visit acast.com backslash advertising to start your campaign today. Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Wednesday, June 5th, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. On the Skype line from Nashville, Tennessee, author, speaker, and podcaster, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. And joining us for the show today, also from Nashville, our contributing editor, Mr. Tyler Huckabee. Hey, everybody. Oh, my goodness. That was very Southern. I started trying to work out the hey guys because guys feels very gender exclusive. So I'm working with other like synonyms for guys, like everybody, all. You you went full Gomer Pyle though. That's the the price I'm willing to pay for people to feel included in my greetings. But but give credit where credit is due. He gave a very woke greeting this morning. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm married with my southern charm, so it doesn't feel too insufferable. If Gomer Pyle was woke, that's what he would say. (laughs) Well, hello, fellow humans. I'm sad that we're in the same city, but not recording in the same room, Tyler Huckabee. That'd have been fun. Come on down to WeWork, Annie. I've got a, I got an extra spot for you right here in my little soundproof phone booth. I know we really we're we're literally like a mile and a half from each other right well, now. Well, Tyler's joining <laughs> us kind of at the last yeah. second. Eddie's traveling. Uh, Andre Henry's traveling, and and uh, Tyler's uh, third string. <laughs> oh wow! Well, we have a great show coming up <laughs> for brutal. you today. Uh, coming up later, we talk to Reverend Sammy Rodriguez, who's the head of the National Hispanic Leadership Conference and a leading voice in the church. And uh, just stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's yeah. a great conversation. He also wrote a really great new book. Like I get a lot of books that come across my my desk, you know, and usually usually I'll kind of skim. Or, you know, read a page here. I read this whole thing. I really liked it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked he's on the show. And uh, we also have your feedback, listener feedback coming up later. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Annie, before we move the show along, big announcements. Beginning of June, right. you just had your one, uh, 100th episode. I'm sorry. What was yes, the, 100th, 100th episode, episode of That Sounds Fun Podcast with Eddie Koffeltz. 
with uh, thanks for having him on multiple times before you invited either me or Jesse. By the way, um, mm. Uh, mm. the actual truth is I have invited Jesse. <laughs> have you? Have you? Yes, we talked about it, but it was like, hey, it'd be fun to you know what you know what? it'd be fun yeah, yeah. sometime to get you on. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, just let me know. Just let me know. I meant and okay, both of you guys this summer, each like, of you get your own hey, episode this summer. Whatever. It's happening. Hey, Cameron, do you I'm know what better. that's like? You know what that's like? <laughs> yeah. someone's like, someone's like, hey, uh, you're like, hey, man, we should hang out sometime. Right. You know, we should, we, we should grab some dinner. And they're like, cool, I'll text you. I'll text you. And that's their way of saying, I affirm like your desire to hang out with me, but don't wait up. <laughs> no, okay, okay. Both that's, of you guys are getting your own episodes this month. We're working it out. Don't no, worry. I got sorry you. Sorry I'm traveling. Okay. It's too busy. Can't do yeah, it. no, you'll you'll make time for Annie, me. You, any, I was really you were very nicely like promoted my podcast on your Twitter feed. I never said thank you for that, but that was like a really decent thing of you to do. <laughs> well, I mean, you were so helpful to me after I watched the Avengers, Tyler. I wanted to learn so much, and your the episode all about I'm the Infinity guy. Wars helped me so much. Uh, <laughs> you, did, <laughs> you did not, you did not bring me on. You did not ask me to like co-host a podcast with you or anything like that. But I guess that just kind of okay, makes. Hey, everybody, you are all coming on the show. And, Annie, if and I'll say this: if you expect me to shed one tear, you your expectations are right because I am. You cut me deep. You have cut me deep by having Eddie on Eddie of all people twice. on multiple times. Twice. I'm sorry. Okay, you guys. I don't know. I don't know that I have any more tears I, to cry. May I formally invite you all no. to have your own episodes? On can I start scheduling it? Are y'all agreeing I right accept. now publicly that you'll be on my shows sometime this summer? No. Say so, no more. I'm in. Yeah. So the other big news, though, is that with your 100th episode, the, That Sounds Fun joined the Relevant Podcast Network. And we are partnering with you now. And we're really excited about that. And what was the big change that happened uh, at the transition? New cover <laughs> art. New cover art. If you new haven't seen that That Sounds Fun new cover art, Andy's getting a lot of very positive feedback from the guys. Let me, let's just yeah. say that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Any, I was like, I saw when I saw the cover art. I'm like, dude, I'm not only ready for like the next chapter in her podcast. I'm ready for her to drop that first single, like that yeah. summer banger. <laughs> she, I, that that cover art. Hey, that cover art looked like she was about to enter in the Pusha T Drake beef for some reason. Like, oh snap! Look who's here. I when I saw the cover art, I thought to myself, now that's a show I would be honored to be on, but I've never gotten invited. So, yeah. <laughs> Cameron, Cameron, we're going to do a whole episode to talk about being sevens. It's going to be great. I can't wait. I would be so honored if you and Tyler and Jesse and Chandler and Mark would each come and have your own episode. Oh, everybody. <laughs> even Mark. Cameron, can, Mark people don't even, even know you, Mark. Mark. Mark Jackson, behind the scenes, our new uh, our new production manager who oversees the show now. Yeah, I mean, even Mark you're writing an episode, it just feels like a pity offer now. And honestly, I'm off the table. I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just to, I want to clarify with some people. Uh, we just mentioned Mark Jackson. Yeah. This is not the former goal, the former NBA player current commentator and former coach of the Golden State Warriors. No. I had first thought oh. that Mark Jackson was going to be helping with our pod- It's another Mark Jackson, <laughs> one that I am equally excited about. Because let's be honest, his tenure in Golden State was pretty disappointing. He had the same team and he couldn't do anything with them. But more other Mark Jackson, yeah. superior Mark Jackson, That's is here the Mark with Jackson us. I thought I was making the offer to to be on my podcast as well. Yeah. So I retracted. Retracted. <laughs> retracted. Yeah. Oh, man. Cameron, I'm so, so excited to be part of the Relevant Podcast Network, for real. I'm so grateful. I think it is so fun. Like one big happy family. I just love it. So thank I you for it. letting me be a part.
Well, that's the thing. It's like we we literally we've honestly been shifting our strategy on on what the network's going to be, and we're working on a lot of new shows in house uh, for this summer and fall. Yeah, and we aren't doing as many external shows. I mean, we've enjoyed and it's been a blast working with people like Shauna and Mike Foster and stuff like that. But um, we, we're we're kind of pulling back on that strategy. But when the opportunity to work with you came on, we're like, well, we got we got to we got to partner with Annie. I mean, so is Annie and Eddie with uh, um, the new activists and, and a whole lot of new shows coming this summer and fall. So it's going to be, this going to be fun. We're excited. Yeah. And our major contribution is that we spruced up your cover art. Yeah. yeah I mean, really <laughs> <laughs> that picture has just, that, that headshot has just existed and I ha- did not know it was such a, such a winner, but yeah. grateful that it is. Instagram. You broke Instagram yesterday when takes you posted a village. It. Yeah. Takes a village yeah. to get a picture like that, yeah. everybody. Just yeah. remember that. Pusha T and Pusha T and Drake instantly backed down. They were like, we don't want, we don't want no part of it. Like, we're not crossing that. They girl. made up. They she apologized looked- to each other. That it's a bad well, because Pusha annihilated him. Drake didn't have anywhere to go. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it because we all agree that it's over. Right? Well, did you? Did you? It's over. Did you hear what happened yesterday or you know a few days ago? It, it kind of came out that like. Some other guy said that Drake had something he was about to drop taking Kanye down. And he said, like, yeah. Kanye would not recover. Like, literally, yeah. his business, his family, <gasps> no. like, it would it would harm his life. And the, and the friend said to Drake, you you can't release this. Like, this Is that will, true? This will cross the line into harming his actual life. This is beyond just a, you know, rap beef. This is almost like he said... Almost like when Biggie and Tupac, when it crossed the line into, like, <gasps> real life... No He's way! Like, if Drake dropped this, it would it would harm Kanye like that, and, and, and kicking him while he's down too. Like it's not like Kanye's had a great year in his right. PR or anything so, like that. So so Drake gave their friend his word that he would never leak it or drop it, and, 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 and he backed off. Yeah. Oh wow! I got. Oh man, that's my new take. T- T- Tyler had the best uh, analysis of the Drake Pusha beef, which if people haven't aren't familiar for somehow. A, a, a relatively small uh, uh, line on... Well, they've been beefing for years, but on Pusha's album, Daytona, which called out Drake for using Ghost Riders, uh, you know, inspired Drake to, li- to to do a diss track. In response, Pusha T released a diss track, which uh, Pusha went after his father, his mother, uh, un, his, you know, supposedly, yeah, supposedly <laughs> revealed that he had a, a child that was not previously known about. And also his uh, terminally ill producer, Pusha T, yeah. uh, made fun of everyone. Uh, and Tyler's response was the best. It was, my feelings were hurt. And I'm not even Drake. Like that's how, that's how hurtful the things he said for. It's like I'm not even involved in this. But for some reason, for some reason, my feelings are very, very hurt. Right. Now. I was offended. That's how empathic I am. I was offended on behalf. I feel like he had said it about me, and I don't have an illegitimate child that I know of. <laughs> if <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone doesn't quote that on Twitter this week, I'm gonna feel like our our people really failed us. Hey, uh, moving the show along, it's time for our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for... In case you missed it. In case you missed it, Apple has released a uh, new feature to help you stop looking at your phone so much. So they had their uh, WWDC conference or developer conference this week, and they announced that in the upcoming iOS 12 software, 
for iPhone and iPad. Uh, they're going to include a slate of new features focusing on digital well-being. So there's an updated Do Not Disturb feature that'll keep notifications from pinging your home screen at night or when you're at work. Um, the new initiative also includes a summary that'll tell you how much time you spend on each app, as well as which app sends you the most notifications, like a like a pie chart. It's gonna, yeah. it's sobering. It's almost like the calorie mm. count at McDonald's. It's like, oh, I, I don't know that I want the nuggets now. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I had an app like that. I had an app like that for a while that told me how long I was on certain things, and it kind of ruined my life. I mean, it was really sobering's a great word. It was shame filled. Yeah, I see. I don't want to be judged. That's the thing. I understand why they're doing this and they have some other cool stuff, but like, it's like when Netflix comes on, are you still watching? What do you think, Netflix? Do you think I just left you on? Have I ever done that? No. I, I'm still watching. Stop, I, just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. I didn't ask for this. You know? So they also announced there's, there's a new downtime function that'll limit the time you can spend on certain apps. So downtime will lock out certain apps at certain times and it can send you notifications and alerts when you're nearing the limits that you set for yourself. So, man, how bad are we that the company that stands the most to gain by not having a feature like this is like, oh, we should really do something about that. This is getting really bad. Well, I think it's interesting right. that like so much of the emphasis, like with the watch and everything was on health, you know, like physical health. Yeah. And, yeah, true. you know, my, my watch tells me to breathe and stand up and move and motivates you to get more active and all that, that, that they're looking more holistically at what well-being is. It's not just physical I mean, health, but, but also emotional. Do all of y'all have Apple watches? Uh, yeah, no, I do. Because no. my concern, I've never gotten one because my concern is that I would want to look at it all the time. Like every time someone texted me, even if I'm eating with friends, or because I try really hard to put my phone on Do Not Disturb when I'm with my people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. my fear of having the Apple Watch is that I will constantly know who wants to talk to me and who I want to talk to and not be present. You can turn that off. I mean, I do. Right, like just not wear a watch. That's how I turn that off. No, right. That's fine. But I mean, like, I don't have like my email and and stuff like coming to my watch. I I, I used Uh, to and you could, but I I turned that off because of what you just said. Because I'm the same way. When I'm at dinner with Cohen, there's no phone. There's no, you know, and um, and so I'm sorry. Uh, that's perfect timing. <laughs> that literally, the that idea was that you just interrupted yourself because that was a phone call. on your watch. Like when I'm in a podcast, I it's don't a contract. It's the most <laughs> unbelievable thing I've seen in my entire day. That was yeah. a con- like it's working really well, Cameron. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> but I'm with you. No, I turn off all that stuff. I actually use it uh, specifically for like the activity stuff and yeah. and and like working out. And, and whatever you can play just music happened, it interrupted your- you. You can you can uh, play music from your watch, and you don't have to have a phone in your pocket when you're running or yeah. a, something like that. So, but my only thing is like I I have my phone and my laptop and my watch like they're all synced up. So if I get a phone call and yeah. I'm sitting there working on my computer, my my phone is generally next to me. My watch is they all three start ringing at the same time, yeah. you know. But like it, like a second after each it's other, like, and it's I like feel like attack. I'm getting <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm getting woofed. Like remember Ryan, remember Ryan on the office. Where he invented that thing where yeah. it calls you from like seven different, it'll like fax, fax you. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, oh I feel gosh. like every time I get a phone call right now, I'm getting woofed, you yeah. know? So. Wait, this totally reminds me, Cameron, I forgot. I can't believe I haven't told you all this yet. Bringing up the offers reminds me. I saw Seinfeld do stand up on Saturday night. What? what? Oh. Yes. Did you, you go, no Tyler? Way. Did you go and see him this no, weekend? No, I know. I knew he was, in, I just didn't know you, but I, he was in, te- he was down at the Ryman, right? 
Uh, no, he was at TPAC. Man, if he'd have been at the Ryman, oh, for sure. Ryman, it was unbelievable. He is he is so brilliant. Yeah, I saw him I mean, I I, at, at our performing arts center as well a couple of years ago, and it was it didn't disappoint. It, he's no. so great. He's on his game. And what was what I loved is he start. I'm not going to tell you his jokes because that's when people repeat people stand up. That makes me want to. Oh, I love them. it. I lo- it's wind in right. my no, sails. No, no. <laughs> Dude, give me your best delivery. I want to hear you no, try. No, no, no. I just want to say that he started with this really self-aware thing. Peanuts. Did he do that? <laughs> no, that is gold. No. Oh, yeah. Stop. Well. Come on, Andy. No, let's he, hear, let's he, hear your he best He opened sign, with this, I, this very self-aware thing of going like, I know that you feel like we already are in a relationship. I know that all of you feel like we already know each other. You know me. You know me really well. I don't know you at all. Like, that's how he started. And <laughs> I love I loved it. I was. I just thought it was so great. I absolutely loved it. And I thought of you guys because I was like, man, if we all lived in the same town, this is exactly what we would have done with our Saturday night. Did you? Uh, you should start your next episode of That Sounds Fun with that exact that exact sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you, and I don't want to know you unless your name is Eddie Koffoltz. You're welcome on here any, several times a year. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I already wrote a note to, to schedule podcasts with all of you jokers, so settle down. Stupid. Eddie I told Conference. you, I'm out. I'm busy. No, you're not. We're really, we're going to do a whole spoiler full Infinity War episode. I can't wait. I'm really, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm back actually in. the most excited all right, about all your right, All right, all right, all right. You insist. Uh, in case you missed it, Jimmy Fallon gave a surprise commencement speech to the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School graduating class. The Tonight Show host showed up at the graduation ceremony uh, where you know, for of the high school where 17 people were killed at a mass shooting earlier this year. Fallon first met several members of the student body when he was at the March for Our Lives rally in the spring. In a tweet, he told the students, you're not just the future, you are the present. Keep changing the world. Keep making us proud. Parents of several students killed in the shooting received diplomas on their behalf. Um, it was super touching. Here's, here's a yeah. clip of Fallon's speech. I met many of you early this year at the March for Our Lives in Washington, D.C., it was an amazing day. Thank you for your courage and your bravery and for giving amazing speeches I could never possibly live up to. My wife and I brought our two little girls because we wanted them to see what hope and light looks like. And as I was standing there watching you guys in awe, I was lucky enough to stand with a lot of your teachers. And let me tell you something, your teachers are so proud of you. Uh, really, they were like, uh, I taught him, I taught her. I taught her, I taught them history. And now you're making history. Uh, it's pretty cool. How do you guys, how do you guys feel about, cause I feel like uh, Jimmy Fallon is kind of trying to turn a corner to be, if not the serious late night show host, then he's read the room a little bit on, I need to switch my tactics up a little bit. Yeah. He's still not waiting into like, the political waters like Colbert, but it's he's seen, not Colbert, yeah. John Oliver, but he's, right. he's sees that there's been a, a shift in the general, what we expect out of a late night show host. And he's trying to yeah. pivot a little bit. And I, I, I respect him for, I respect the, what the kids from Stoneman Douglas are trying to do. And I think this was cool of him. It's just an interesting, it's pretty hard. It's hard to imagine him doing this two years ago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He I don't know that it's that he's shifting. I, I don't, I, it almost feels like he he has given himself permission to care about what he really cares about. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting take. Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah. So you think before he was like just kind of playing a role and not being authentic? Probably worried about like offending people or you know what I mean? Like the, the guy who, who tussled yeah. Trump's hair. Like he's trying to 
be buddies with everyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but I also feel like his sort of apolitical approach to a lot of this enables him to do stuff like this outside the show. Like yeah, if, if like Colbert or Kimmel or uh, Ol- John Oliver or even like obviously like Samantha B is like the perfect example that th- if they did something like this, it almost like they already have such a hostile um, posture towards mm-hmm, a lot of mm-hmm. uh, you know the political issues where Fallon it does seem kind of like not a pol- not a solely political gesture but one that is really based on you know Empathy. encouraging these students yeah, yeah it's like yeah. people first not politics yeah. yeah that's interesting he has a little more cultural cachet maybe than some of the other somebody like Jimmy Kimmel who everybody knows where Kimmel's at politically and we probably know frankly where uh, Fallon's at too but he's tried a little harder to stay uh uh nonpartisan. So I follow one of Jimmy Fallon's producers on on Twitter and I thought it was real interesting this week because when that was announced CNN when they did the article CNN said Jimmy Fallon crashes graduation. Yeah. And the producer shot back at CNN and shot back with the writer of the story and was like you're not telling the story right. Like you need to fix your headline. You're not telling the story. He didn't crash it. He was invited. And we like, like they were working really hard to con- not control the narrative in a negative way, but to make sure that the news that was being told was not that Jimmy was being silly and showed up. It's that he was making an intentional choice. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's a pivot. I mean, but again, it's like people focused and it's empathy focused and, and, and that's a lane he can authentically, you know, yeah. be in as opposed to partisan. That's interesting. I love that guy. I I, I rode. Uh, I was at Universal Studios last week, and I rode that uh, new Jimmy Fallon ride. It doesn't sound thrilling to say a Jimmy Fallon ride. Yeah, but yeah. Tell it was, us more. <laughs> it was it was fantastic. It was it was uh it's it's the building itself is like a replica of Rockefeller Center, and the whole theme of it is like you go in and like there's NBC pages, and you don't stand in a line. You 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 uh, are going with a, a group like an audience, and oh, you wow. go kind of from room to room. And it's tonight show memorabilia. It's like a museum. It's interactive. It's as you're waiting, and then you get into the theater, like the where they're doing a taping, and it's this like virtual like this huge like the taping is in front of you like you know like mm. the roots and everything's there, and then it's the race through New York through these like. And so you as the studio audience in this thing are like in a car racing Jimmy Fallon through New York and you're in the theater is like moving around and stuff. It's fantastic. It's a great ride. It was my favorite ride of the day. Hmm, That is Jimmy Fallon. Everybody. I like those. I like those virtually kind of ones more than I like the ones where I'm actually dangling from the sky and could die. (laughs) Is it it 4d? It does. It does it uh, smell like New York engage all the senses. Well, that's my question. (laughs) Like, Oh, I just passed a a, a street vendor selling uh, Italian sausages. Hmm. Oh, look, I'm going to Jimmy Fallon dressing room. It smells like Abercrombie cologne. Like, oh, are those senses <laughs> why do you, why do you engaged? Think Jimmy it's like, like you know, the, the Muppets one, the, the Muppets 4D, like when uh, yeah, Fozzie the Bear squirts his little uh, flower lapel, you get squirted in the face, oh, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. I love Fozzie yeah. Bear. Uh, I, I don't remember if it was 4D, but it was definitely 3D. Yeah. It was okay. it was fun. Anyway, hey, in case you missed it, uh, this week Lecrae released a new single with acclaimed producer Zaytoven. Uh, Zaytoven's known for his work with artists like Waka Waka Flame, Migos, Gucci Mane, Future, Usher, and a bunch of others. 
Uh, the song's called Get Back Right, and it's the first single off his upcoming album, Let the Trap Say Amen. Here's a clip. I've been doing this since fifth grade. I've been doing this since I've been safe. I've been rock crowds on a big stage. I've been made hits with some big names. Yada, 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 yada. Bought a Mercedes for my baby mama. VIP, rockin' Dolce Gabbana. I went to the Grammys and I took my mama. Bottles on bottles on bottles and models on models on models and dollars on dollars. Yeah, that don't help me when my soul wanna holla and I'm feeling the pain and I'm dealing with drama. Woo! That's too deep. I better fall back. Nah, get this work. You should have wore a hard hat. They told us don't work in the summer. I told them I'm working on something. I'm waving my banner, no propaganda. Why you flexing in your Panamera? Lecrae doing trap. There you go. I like yeah. Hey. Love Lecrae. Good for him. He's every he's everywhere these days. Lecrae. I feel like he's just like in a in a in a, like a you know release cycle that he doesn't really care about like the traditional album release thing because I think he's got I want to say after this one he's got like another mixtape or something dropping which I guess everybody does that now but it's cool to see him you know try fresh things yeah and and ironically uh, he he wrote a song that would have destroyed Kanye West it was uh it was very brutal it's a surprising it's, it's a surprising just, twist it's frankly not Christian and that's not why I hope they didn't release it <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want I want a, a I want a good old fashioned Christian rap beef, you know. But I don't want one of these modern <laughs> guys. Who do you want to beef? Well, here's the thing: I don't want it like Andy Mineo and Lecrae no, because no, no, no. they they don't need it. They don't need it. They're no. putting out great music all the time. I want some of the old school acts that this is their only way that they're going to get their names back out in, right. you know, people buzzing. If we had like DC Talk and Grits going no, at no, it, no, the no. only DC way that Talk's it works. not a rap group. We need, KJ, we need like KJ572 and, and uh, I don't T-bone. know, like who's a, we need like who's old school? Like Old, old school T-bone. would be like T Bone, SFC, Soldiers for Christ, Gospel Gangsters. Gospel Gangsters uh. was like the, they were like incredible in the early 90s. They were like West Coast gangster rap. And then Instead of doing gang violence, they would have the violence against demons, like bucking the yeah. demon in the grill and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. you like know it in your heart. You like oh. no lyrics in your heart. Oh, Gospel Gangsters was okay. Chandler, you got to find a clip of Gospel Gangsters. Like it was, it was so good in the early '90s. It was like legit hip hop. But and it was the, the, only, the only way this rap beef would work, let's say it's Gospel Gangsters versus who? Who who would you put up against? I them? mean, T Bone or Grits because T Bone and T-Bone Grits did the same thing with like the demon demons. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay. so you so you got the gangster type thing with T Bone and, and Gospel Gangsters. Uh, there was another lane, like the Nashville lane, like Grits and uh, Dynamic Twins and stuff like that. That was more of a Nashville Christian thing. So like you have like the real hip hop, and then you had like. Nashville hip hop. Man, yeah. you just I like see the beef. trash our city so hard. No, it's no. You know what I'm talking about? The Christian industry. You know, you're on Forefront Records. You're not real hip hop. You know what I'm saying? I love living uh, in Nashville, but I would I would agree that the Nashville hip hop scene historically it's it's a little it leaves a yeah, little bit to I'm be desired. I'm not saying it's not Tyler. It's just that every week Cameron takes a tiny little oh, Nashville oh, jab. Oh, I'm very familiar with Cameron's opinions about Nashville. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But you know who else I'd like to see? Like, can we? Ex- Expand this beyond oh, yeah, just nineties hip hop battle, okay. and can it be like Sandy Patty versus Amy Grant? Can we just do like <laughs> that'd be great? <laughs> well, the, the, okay, but here's my thing. Hold on, like, hold on, can y'all hear this? I hear yeah. Okay, you're actually right. I would. I, I kind of dig this. You got to remember, this is definitely in the early uh, Dr. Dre Snoop era, yeah, for sure. Ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, definitely. It's legit. Gospel gangsters, everybody. Okay, okay. My, my, my only thing is like the only way that this rap beef is going to work is it like they can't be talking about 
yo, I know this is your stumbling block or whatever. It's got to be insanely personal and it's got to, it has <laughs> to be shocking. Block. It shocking. has to be like people turn it on who are like fans of their music when they were in youth group and like, oh, cool. They released something new and they're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is the worst thing. I can't believe you just said that. If that's the only way with this kid, people are going to care and listen. Like, cause if it's just poking at the other person's like spiritual life or, you know, you read the wrong translation of the Bible, you, you know, like whatever, that's not going to fly. It has to be from the opening bar, the most shocking, horrifying thing you've ever heard in order for it to live. And that would make some headlines. No, but, but I, you know what you could do is have the beef go. It's almost like Lil Kim calling out Nicki Minaj like old school calling out new school like you weren't as real as we were kind of thing yeah Mm -hmm. I think you can kind of go that way with it and then like like Annie was saying you have like old school CCM singers call out maybe the new school maybe you have Sandy Patty calling out Natalie Grant Oh. <laughs> oh my god, I love that so much. Hey, the thing is, like, we are in a position where we could easily orchestrate. We, we can set it up. Oh, like, do you know how easy it would be to set but this to up? Bait like, them. It'd be really hard to bait them to say unkind. Natalie Grant does not say unkind things. She's like pure kindness. She really is, wait, and you're not going to get her till to do she that. See, wait till she sees the email I'm forging, uh, I'm, uh, uh, forging from, from Sandy, Sandy Patty. Patty. Yeah. Oh, she'll respond. Oh, she'll oh, respond. Man. Now, this kind of Nashville stuff I can do all day long, Cameron, because I would love to imagine some of these things. Hey, uh, in case you missed it, uh, this week, The Daily Show took on the Jesse Duplantis jet controversy. Um, so, you know, you probably saw it. Uh, televangelist Jesse Duplantis is facing widespread criticism after telling viewers of his TV show that he wants them to help him buy a $54 million jet. As part of his pitch, he told him, I really believe that if Jesus was physically on the earth today, he wouldn't be riding a donkey. Think about that for a minute. As though that's some big revelation. Uh, he'd be in an airplane <laughs> preaching the gospel all over the world. Uh, so following the blowback, The Daily Show's Ronnie Chang offered some honest commentary about the prosperity gospel. He actually got a lot of it right. Here's a clip. I really believe that preachers ought to have and go on every available voice, every available outlet to get this gospel preached to the world. I really believe that if Jesus was physically on the earth today, he wouldn't be riding a donkey. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. Yeah, I thought about it for an hour and it still doesn't make any sense. And it wasted an hour, all right? The donkey was the symbol of Jesus' humility. It was the Toyota Camry of its time, right? And even if Jesus wouldn't be riding a donkey, do you have to jump straight to private jet? The gap between donkey and private jet is all of transportation, okay? I bet Jesus would be fine taking an Uber. So, you know, following the, actually they were recording, Jesse Duplantis released a statement that was like, no, I'm not wrong. You guys misread. I said, help me believe for it. I didn't say help you give for it. I said, help me believe for it. And then I told you to give. Mm. How you you conflated those things, I don't know. It's like, come on, dude. (laughs) Just own it. Just just own it. Just say like, listen, I asked people to give, help me get a jet. I didn't think it was wrong. Don't don't make them think they heard something they didn't. We all saw the video, uh, brother Jesse. I you know uh, I have a direct experience with Jesse Duplantis in planes. Oh really? So, uh, so oh, the, no. uh, I went Do to Robert, I went to Oral Roberts University. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, by the way, did you see like this is his fourth plane? Like he's had planes yeah. since 1988. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he needs to upgrade because this is a, <laughs> just needs a new this one. is a no stop international yeah. plane, not a one stop <laughs> international plane. You know you can't have that layover. 
you know. Yeah. Um, but I was in I was in uh, college in the late '90s at Or Roberts University, which is like the buckle of the Bible Belt. I mean, it's the yeah. hub of the prosperity gospel preaching and. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good that I experienced, but there was a lot of uh, chew the meat and spit yeah. out the bones, you know. And um, I, I remember as a freshman going to ORU, like on fire for God, and all the freshmen were just really excited spiritually and stuff. And a lot of the upperclassmen were just super jaded, you know, and yeah. like, yeah, yeah. And I, and I always, sure. and I was very aware of that. And I was just like, I wonder what happens over these next four years, you know, that like, turns you into this. And, yeah. and and I was just like, just prayerfully like, Lord, protect my heart, you know, whatever it is, like, just help me not be affected like this. And I felt like, honestly, an outsider on the inside, like I felt like I could almost like observe without it affecting me. And um, huh. specifically my junior year, we had a revival service. Did they have those when you were there, Jesse? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, revival yeah. Planned meetings. revivals. Planned revivals. Three <laughs> nights. Mandatory <laughs> mandatory attendance. and um, Man- Mandatory planned revival. I mean, yeah. of course. Yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I read my Bible right, and that's how it works. Um, so the speaker was Jesse Duplantis. And I remember... I mean, this, I've told this story before, so I'm not like embellishing it for, you know, what's going on now in the news. But I remember very specifically that the, you know, he, he spoke, he's a dynamic preacher. If you ever heard Jesse speak, he's funny and engaging. By the end of the service, people are literally almost like running the aisles. I mean, it's like, but just yeah. in, a, in a fever pitch. And I remember the entire sermon, revival service, he didn't open the Bible once. He didn't reference scripture once. The entire sermon was about believing the Lord for a plane. Like he no. wanted, he wanted a new plane. Wow. He wanted this is like a new plane. So yeah. he's been on this. This is yeah. his so plane. 19, and again, I've told this story. So this is not like, I'm not embellishing this. So he, the entire sermon was, he had a plane that he got back in 88. This was probably 97. And he wanted a new one and he was believing Lord for it. And he was using that story to tell everybody to believe for their own things for the Lord from the Lord. And everybody's just excited at the end of it. And I remember being like an outsider on the inside, just going, this isn't, this isn't the gospel. Like if yeah. this can't preach in, in Africa, if this can't preach in the far corners of the earth, it is not the gospel. This is not the gospel truth. Come on with that. And I, right. serve a, I serve a bigger God than this. And yeah. I serve a bigger okay, gospel Cameron. than this. And, and I'm like, I, again, I just like, I felt like an outsider on the inside. I'm just going, it, it honestly deeply affected me in the sense that I remember praying in that service, Lord, if you ever give me a platform, never let me forget what this looks like and protect my heart wow. that I never become like mm-hmm. this. Because I just want to, I want to present a Jesus and I want to present a gospel that is not that not me centered, you know? And, yeah. uh, it was disgusting to me. And this was 1997 and it came back around in 2018 and it's the exact yeah. same thing. I can't believe it. That's I, crazy. Mean, I can't believe it's the exact same thing of like about a plane, his obsession yeah. with planes and that it's all about a spiritual thing that this is a God thing. I don't know, man. Yeah. I believe, Hey, God's a, a loving father and he wants to bless his children like any father would. 
But, you know, if the children are greedy and asking, you know, I want this from dad, I want this from dad, I want this from dad. I mean, that is not the father's heart. Come on. Yeah. Well, it's, so. it's like Kirk Franklin, we tweeted something that he actually uh, responded like, hey, there's nothing inherently wrong with any mode of transportation. Right. But right. When, of course when not. Th- th- it's this, you know, motivation and greed. Yeah, I have another funny. Well, yours isn't funny. I have a funny story from a planned ORU revival <laughs> as a college student. Oh, gosh. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I've told. I, okay, I'm gonna. One of these the I know I've told one? before. Is this, huh? the, is this crowd surfing or was that just a normal chapel service? No, no, no. That this was crowd. So, like the president of the school at the time, uh, uh, who is was uh, left in. You know, I want to say disgrace. It was not a great scenario, but either way, he at one time in his story was like a Christian Vegas lounge singer. Okay, so <gasps> just picture. Oh. Well, we're talking about Richard Roberts. So, Oral Roberts was yep. the founding televangelist. He, hey, mm-hmm. say what you will about Oral. He did groundbreaking work in like, in, you know, tent revivals. He was one of the first ones, like with Billy Graham, he was a peer of Billy Graham, where he had integrated, racially integrated revival services. Yeah. Like he had a fantastic ministry and he was very culturally savvy in the sense that like in the 70s and early 80s, he was on television. He had Johnny Cash on his show. He had Elvis on his show. And yeah. Like he really had a heart to impact the world through media and like oral founded this university with a, a vision of, of changing the world. Second generation, Richard, the son, <laughs> took it over in the early 90s. Richard was more of just a singer and like you said, a lounge. Yeah. lounge. Yeah. This it's sounds just, like it, the Christian version of Tommy Boy. It, it was, it, it, it's, it's very similar. So, okay, here's the best way I can describe like Richard Roberts' music career. The, the, like his his music career was behind him at this point, but yeah. all, all the students knew about it. But imagine like a Christian Wayne Newton. That's the best oh, way I can describe oh, it. Oh, okay, Cameron, is that accurate oh, to I say Christian Wayne much. Newton? Uh, Christian Wayne Newton is uh, incredible. And, and if Wayne Newton was the president of your university, I mean, like, yeah, he governs exactly. like a, a Christian yeah, Wayne Newton was the president. If you're, yeah. So anyway, so he had this album back in the day, and there was a song on there. I don't, I, I don't know if it's just so familiar to me. Other people might know it from another recording of it, but it's called "Dare to Be a Daniel," and it's the oh, yeah. corniest song. Oh, and and, wow. and it ends with with Richard like going, "When you stand up for the Lord," and like a super long <laughs> note, right? And like people, like the album was circulating, right? Oh, and gosh. people knew that he had, he had performed the song so one time at like a pep rally or something he got real jovial and performed it and the house went crazy like the students went nuts right because they liked so, it or because they were no, making fun of it we're all, yeah oh. we're all in on it you know what i mean yeah yeah okay. yeah exactly it, it, it's like when sweet caroline comes on at a baseball game yeah. okay. no one actually likes the song but everyone's going bonkers for it so so we have one of these planned revivals and i this is so true so like it started with they called her to like Christian college culture, f- the first lady of the school, like oh. his uh, <laughs> Lindsay Roberts at the time. She came on and gave this scathing like takedown about how students are listening. To, she's heard that she's found out that students are listening to J.A. Rule and how <laughs> as, as, as she's oh like saying that she goes right now, the, the maintenance staff is hauling two giant dumpsters between the dorms for you to rid yourselves of this filth you know I remember walking away there with like a copy of Kingpin on DVD (laughs) in that dumpster there was a lot of good stuff that got thrown in that dumpster (laughs) Uh, there was a lot of good stuff in there I will say this 
Charles belongs in the dumpster, not for the not for a spiritual reason, just because <laughs> yeah. it's garbage. I absolutely disagree with you. I love Ja Rule. Okay, so she does this big thing where, you know, she gives this impassioned plea and it goes on for like 45 minutes. Then he takes the stage and he's kind of pacing because the mood is very, very heavy at this point, you know? Um, And I knew the guy, like student volunteers like ran the whole service and they were like up in the sound booth. And uh, he gets on and um, someone shouts, Dare to be a Daniel as he's facing the stage. Okay. Oh my and he's like, he kind of groans, you know, and, like, and, not and the then time. you hear the it's crowd like, the time. Yeah! Yeah! and he's like, he's like, oh, well, there's, you know, we need to talk about, he didn't say no, but he like quickly changed the subject. Yeah. And then someone else yells, dare to be a Daniel. <laughs> And he's like, he's kind of gruff and he's like, this is a time for reverence. All of a sudden, I knew the guy up in the sound booth. He starts playing the track over the speakers. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, like this cheesy song starts playing and the house comes down. (laughs) People start freaking out and cheering. And at this point, he has no choice. He has to sing the song. But he's in a very somber, gruff mood. And so, if you listen to the song, it's impossible to sing it in that mood. So he literally just is like, it's a shoegaze version of Dare to be a Daniel (laughs) with him like, when you stand up for the... But staring down angrily that he's having to sing it. In the meantime, literally, we picked up a guy and he's crowd surfing across the chapel. This is supposed to be the heaviest night of the revival. This is supposed to be the night that everyone rids themselves of their their horrible secular culture. And we're crowd surfing Dare to be a Daniel. Somebody like uh, one of the guys briefly took off his shirt and is running up and down the aisle, no, like no, swinging no, no. it over the head. It was <laughs> incredible. Too, too and the, the, the best part was was his mood. He was like seething, angry. But what are you gonna do? You have thousands of people cheering for the song that you're Unbelievable. singing. It was the best. It was the best. It was the best planned revival, mandatory that I've ever been to. There's a picture. Hey, there's a picture. I someone. I, I if any of my old college friends are listening. Somebody one time I had a poster and when he was singing it because he did it a couple more times I had a poster on the ready and I I, I swear that the, this picture exists somewhere and I ran up on stage like pumping <gasps> the poster no. and it said like stand up for the Lord and it, and it had you know it, we, it was decor- we decorated the heck out of it and while he's singing I ran up just briefly and then ran down because I didn't want to like wait, get tackled wait, so <laughs> your poster that you made said stand up for the Lord and you yeah. ran up there and yeah. shook it around on that line and then ran. <laughs> And then ran off. And then ran off. I mean, those chapels were chaos. The there was no, there was no control in that. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Hey, uh, lastly, on a totally different note, um, Ashton Kutcher this week. It, it came out that he helped last year rescue nearly six thousand kids from sex trafficking. What? Along with his ex-wife Demi Moore, uh, Kutcher founded a nonprofit organization called Thorn, uh, Digital Defenders of Children. Uh, they founded it back in two thousand nine in order to fight the sexual exploitation of children. According to their year-end impact report that came out, the organization assisted law enforcement officers in identifying 5,894 child sex trafficking victims just last year. They build technology and work on software to help defend children from uh, abuse. And over 20 technology companies like Google, Facebook, Microsoft are on board creating a technology task force. Um, Kutcher said, what we do at our core is we build technology to help fight 
fight sexual exploitation of children. You can roll up your sleeves and go try to be like a hero and go save one person, or you can build a tool that allows one person to save a lot of people. Back in February last year, um, Kutcher testified in front of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, giving a 15-minute speech on modern-day slavery to compel Congress to act and end these horror stories occurring against women and children. He also spoke of the criticism he's received. People who tell him to, quote, stick to your day job, he said, we were the last line of defense. An actor and his foundation were the potential last line of defense. That's my day job, and I'm sticking to it. There you hmm. go. Wow. Okay. Come on, go Ashton. Ashton Kutcher. Ashton always seems like, considering his body of actual work, which is, I mean, I don't think any of us are going to stand for it too hard. He seems like a great dude. That'll do it for, in case you missed it, stay tuned. Up next, Dr. Sammy Rodriguez joins us. You're listening to Maggie Rogers, big fan. It's her new single, Falling Water. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Chris Kilala with his song, The Length of the Cross. Reverend Samuel Rodriguez is the president of the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference, uh, the pastor of Sacramento's New Season Church, and author of several books, including his latest, Shake Free, How to Deal with the Storms, Shipwrecks, and Snakes in Your Life. That's a bad day. You oh my gosh, that's a nightmare. Uh, all at the same time? Yeah, and spiders. No, and spiders. this is actually, yeah. it's yes. interesting. This book is literally <laughs> a field guide. It is like a Bear Grylls <laughs> style book. I mean, it's an I episode. It's an episode of Man vs. First, first thing, first, chapter one, find clean water source. <laughs> chapter two, build shelter. <laughs> uh, we recently spoke with uh, Reverend Rodriguez about overcoming difficult chapters in life while pursuing your calling. Here it is part of our conversation with Reverend Samuel Rodriguez. So tell us about your book. Shake Free. It's just uh, book number six uh, for yours truly. And it's my favorite book thus far. It's my personal life's journey and testimony. I was inspired. I was inspired by the Apostle Paul's journey on his way to Rome in Acts 27 and 28. Mm-hmm. And the Apostle Paul goes through, interesting, he's on his way to Rome because in Acts 23, 11, God tells him, hey, Paul, I'm taking you to Rome to get the gospel message preached. Mm-hmm. But he, he's on a prison ship, so he's not like in a luxury cruise liner, right? <laughs> yeah. He's on a prison ship as a de facto prisoner. He goes through a nor'easter, a massive storm, goes through a shipwreck. And after that, he arrives at the island of Malta. He's soaked and drenched. And a snake jumps out of the fire to try to kill him. Mm-hmm. So it goes from one one level of egregious pushback to the next level to the next level. And then at the end of the day, what does he do? He shakes off the snake and he makes it to Rome. To me, it serves as a meta narrative of what we go through in life. We all go through storms. We all go through shipwrecks. And we all have, on occasion, have experienced a moment where, a, you know, a metaphorical, a relational, 
a family-related, health-related, financial-related, or faith-related state attempts to poison our dream and strangle our destiny. But what does Paul do? Paul shakes free. And that's the purpose of this book. It teaches you, biblically speaking, how to shake free, how to survive and shake free from the storms, shipwrecks, and mistakes of life. And you said that this is connected to your own personal story. So there's some shaking free that you've done of your own. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Growing up in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, I'm a Pennsylvania guy, attended Lehigh University, graduated from Lehigh. Um, I went through a journey in Pennsylvania. Uh, I mean, again, storms, shipwrecks, snakes. Um, I grew up um, in, in an environment where uh, I, because of my ethnic background, I am Latino, I'm Hispanic, my mm-hmm. parents are from Puerto Rico. Um, I experienced pushback. And by pushback, meaning I experienced obstacles, hurdles, uh, that would, if I would have acquiesced or surrendered to the storm or to the shipwreck, if I would have been driven by the storm, as what took place in Acts 27, where they decided to be driven by the storm and they lowered their anchor in the middle of the storm, hence the shipwreck. Um, Thank God I did not lower my anchor until I reached my destination. And I had enough of wherewithal, foresight, and and God's grace was so great upon me that I did not lower my anchor. The temptation was there, but I, I went through a process. And it's the process of overcoming racism, overcoming limitations, overcoming uh, temptations, overcoming opportunities to get involved in a culture, in a subculture um, that would have been detrimental to the fulfillment of my God-given destiny and dream. Mm-hmm. All of that I experienced. And even in my later years uh, in, in advocacy for uh, the immigrant community, an advocate as an advocate for the sanctity of life in and out of the room in my pursuit of racial reconciliation. Mm-hmm. We go through storms and shipwrecks, but I continue to be driven by my assignment in Rome. Uh, it seems like a lot of people are a bit shy to talk about their shipwrecks. <laughs> I don't know if you agree with that, um, but is that something that you is that something that you you see and. Why do you think it's important for people to share their own stories of shipwreck and to learn from stories like Paul's and yours? First of all, there is this religious sort of connotation where within the church environment, we act as if, and this is not a general um, statement, a blanket statement, but to a great degree, listen, we act, many act in church as if we've never been through anything. We act like, you know, you know, I, I was born holy. I was born righteous. I was born perfectly redeemed. Some of us act so, we're, we're so pious or in the projection of our testimony that when they sing how great thou art, we begin to blush. In other yeah. words, we, we think it's about us and it's not. We've all been through a journey. Every single one of us, we've all been through storms. We've all been through shipwrecks. We've all, you know, we've all had snakes jump out of the fire. If we would be more authentic and more transparent, we would be able to engage a generation that seeks authenticity and transparency. And that's that's real Christianity to me. We've all been through a journey. We don't have, you know, some of the religious 
uh, people or some even some good caring pastors would say, well, we don't want to give the enemy glory for what, you know, by elevating what we went through. Well, you're not giving the enemy glory by exposing what you went through. You're actually giving Christ glory that he saw you through. Mm -hmm. But it's so critical. It's so critical because those that follow us, if they learn from our mistakes or from our uh, shortcomings or from our successes in the process, it will help them along the way. There is a, a generation that will follow us that would really appreciate if we would be transparent about our journey, about our shipwrecks, about our storms, and about the snakes that came out of the fire. What does, what does that shaking free, what does it look like? Shaking free looks like taking hold of your mind, your thoughts, and asking. It's, and it's, this is very powerful. I've seen it. I've done it. Asking the Holy Spirit, asking God to show up and say, look, my mind right now, needs. it's my thoughts. I need to shake free from thoughts of condemnation of things that were done to me or whatever it may be. I need to shake free. And you permit through the power of the Holy Spirit. Shaking free requires you to permit God to be God in your life. Mm. And and for God to operate in your thinking process, for you to renew your mind daily, wake up every day and say, look what, I am not going to embrace this depressing thought, this anxiety, this fear, this confusion. I'm not going to be held captive but what, by what was done to me 20 years ago or what I did 30 years ago, whatever it may be. I'm going to let the Lord just operate in my mind today. I'm going to renew my mind daily and I'm going to shake free from these thoughts that hold me back. And, it, and sometimes you have to shake free not only from thoughts, but from actions, interactions. How about this? It's going to be a little bit coarse, but it's true. Sometimes we have to shake free from relationships that are detrimental to the fulfillment of God's purpose in our lives. Yeah. And it requires us to, yeah, I'm going to block you. Sorry, this relationship is over. I'm not speaking about marriage now. I'm speaking about something external. I'm going to break this relationship off. It's just not healthy. It's not taking me to where God, to my Rome, to where God is leading me. Yeah. So we really, the power of shaking free to me, of, of, you know, shaking free is one of the greatest powers that we have to shake things off, to shake free from the things that hinder us from fulfilling God's purpose in our lives. That was Samuel Rodriguez. Stay tuned. Up next, your feedback. It's too late to say I'm sorry. Too messed up to say I love you. We moved on years past, but sometimes I miss us. And you saw all I would be. listening to Janine. The song is Too Late. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week for the question of the week, um, we asked you for your best Christian celebrity encounter. Uh, I, I told the story of, of uh, playing poker in a hotel suite with uh, Jerry Jenkins as he told blue-colored jokes and then uh, Stephen Baldwin shows up and then... <laughs> Didn't want to play poker, Gets so we just in got in Jerry's bed. <laughs> just, I have thought about that bed. at least once a day. That idea that he got in a bed, and I don't know if his shoes were on. <laughs> uh, so I thought, okay, we've had we've had a lot of uh, strange Christian celebrity encounters. So we asked you some of your strangest or most memorable Christian celebrity encounters. Here are a few of our favorites. 
Uh, PC Walker, who is faithful to give us his stories, has arm wrestled each member of the original Newsboys. <laughs> what? And he did, yeah, mm. they were in a signing line and he didn't want their autographs. So when they reached their hand out, instead of signing something, he um, made them arm wrestle. <laughs> That is so weird. That's so weird. That but feels I like, like it. that would be also the newsboys' weirdest normal person, non celebrity encounter. Right? Yeah. Remember that time that dude didn't want our autograph? <laughs> but but made us him? <laughs> yeah. This is this is so good. Um <laughs> so uh Rachel wrote this and said her parents used to own a Christian bookstore uh in 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 Georgia back in the day. And so one day they were having an event and they invited Bible Man to come. Like I'm assuming she oh, doesn't yeah. say, but I'm I I I guess it's the actual Willie Ames uh or someone in a very convincing Bible Man costume. Uh but in order to have the event, they really needed to show people like this. Hey, a big deal is happening. Bible man's at the store, which I picture at the time, this is like their version of like sign spinning to put a bunch of helium balloons outside <laughs> to let people know Bible man's in the house today. So her and her uh, uh, brothers ended up going to the helium machine and just start sucking it to make their voices go really high. But doing that right from a helium machine, that's a lot of helium here in Haley. Yeah. <laughs> so so she, they're doing it and her little brother passes out from sucking the helium. <laughs> Guess who gets up and runs full sprint over to help the situation? Oh, this no. makes me so Bible oh. man in full costume. He runs over and he starts trying to help the kid. The kid ends up waking up because I guess, you know, I mean, you, you know, he got some fresh air in his lungs or whatever. And they said up until his adult life, uh, Rachel and her sibling have told her brother that he woke up only after a Bible man prayed for him. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's funny. Hey, St- hey Stacy Drake wrote, wrote in uh, her most uh, memorable or awkward celebrity Christian celebrity encounter was one time Annie F. Downs was speaking at an event that I worked and we took an extremely awkward picture and rather than tell her about how much her book impacted me, I talked about goat milk and goat milk products. (laughs) I don't remember it being awkward at all. I saw the picture and I totally don't remember it being awkward at all. I thought she was really sweet. Well, but did you also see that one guy said that his awkward encounter was being on the airplane with me when my battery uh, (laughs) on my carry on (laughs) and then he said he was kidding. His most awkward encounter was holding Annie F. Downs' undergarments as she was trying to extract a battery from her bag. (laughs) It's still the worst story of my life, but I thought that was really funny and I panicked and then it wasn't really him. Did I even text it to y'all? I think I even texted it to y'all. Literally 7.30 in the morning, you did a group text freaking out that the guy who emptied your bag out on the plane was listening to the podcast. It was not 3 in the morning, was it? It was 7.30. It was 7.30 in the morning. Oh, 7.30 in the morning. I thought you said 3 in the morning. I was like, let me tell you what, I'm not group texting you yahoos at 3 in the morning. I that. <laughs> hey, 7.30 can, is right on brand for me. That feels You're right. just texting Eddie, just confirming all of the, you know, bookings for his next appearance on your show. <laughs> Cameron, we need, we need to contact the uh, listener named Haley Brezino, uh, because she has a piece of memorabilia that, uh, you know, Mark, you, you need to figure out how we can mount this in the new studio. This is something we must have, Cameron. It might be the actual skateboard that Stephen Baldwin had that fateful day. No way. <laughs> so, that would be awesome. So, Haley won a skateboard from Stephen uh, Baldwin. It's, it's, it's orange on the bottom, but she, she can't remember the exact details. She was in junior high when she won the board, but she thinks she won it from like a giveaway in his mag in like a, a magazine. Um, Living it. 
Yeah, I'm living at the magazine. Million circulation. So not only is it signed by Stephen Baldwin, <laughs> uh, rendering it value the most valueless skateboard on earth. It it also has the signatures of either Jasky, Jackie Velasquez or Joy Williams. She, she cannot tell. Know. She cannot tell. <laughs> on the that's off chance, good, that's a good battle. Hey, on the off chance that this is the actual skateboard, Cameron, I feel like we need to contact her and see if she'll take an interesting trade for it. <laughs> interesting trade. <laughs> like we, we got something lying around there that would be worth more to Haley than this, you know. Okay, well there's a lot more feedback where that came from. Go check it out on the podcast episode page. Um okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier in the show we got talking about celebrity beefs, feuds, rap battles, and we got talking about <laughs> The, uh, the Christian equivalent of, of those things. We want your help figuring out which Christian celebrity feud or rap battle should we help stoke. So we want you to write us and tell us which two <laughs> Christian celebrities need to have beef and tell us what the beef is about. Are we, are we going to do it? Like, are we going to actually, we'll pick a winner and we'll Let's see if we one. can subtly yes. instigate it somehow. Stir it up. But you got to tell us what they're beefing about. Yeah. That's the key. It's yeah. like, we yeah. have to know what buttons to push. Yeah, because yeah. we uh, can't write the email if we don't know what's in the email. Hey, we have found out that things we say about Christian celebrities as jokes on this podcast somehow make it back to the like Cameron still has awkward relationship with Toby Mac. I had Brian Duncan (laughs) personally tweeting me one one evening. I saw that. We we can get this beef going. We made a passing kind of joke reference about Kevin Max. And next thing I know, five months later, he's in my living room. So, I mean, like, I mean, these things cross into the real world. Yeah. He, he, like broke a, in, he broke into like Cameron's. Yeah, he broke into Cameron's house. It was a Kevin <laughs> Max home invasion. It was very strange. <laughs> Kevin Max um, is in prison right now. <laughs> hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Also, you can post uh, your longer beef uh, feedback scenarios on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Oh, that's going to be fun. Okay. Uh, many thanks to Dr. Samuel Rodriguez for joining us. His new book is called Shake Free and it's out now. You can follow him on Twitter at Rev underscore Rodriguez. The new issue of Relevant is about to go to the printer, the July issue. We're about to send it uh, literally tomorrow, I think. And uh, you won't want to miss it. If you want to subscribe, go over to relevantmagazine.com and you can uh, check out the current edition featuring Aubrey Plaza on the cover. You can look at our archives and you can subscribe now. There's a great deal going on and I think you'll really like it. Plus, it supports the show. So it's, you know, win-win. On that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We'll see you on Friday. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. I got the blood of Christ so they can't prevail. I hear them talking, they don't know I'm stalking. The feel the leave more dead, slugs in they forehead. N-I-B-S-T-R-A-P-P-E-D. In my H-A-N-D-C-R-W-E-P with me. I kick in the gate, now it's too late. It's no escape, I got the shooter face. And I'm shooting scriptures like a tray, yeah.
yo, I know this is your stumbling block or whatever. Relevant Podcast Network. Calling all podcasters, musicians, vloggers, and reporters, and everyone else who wants crystal clear recording that's super portable. The Sure Motive family of microphones makes studio quality audio that's as simple as plug and play. Many of the world's top podcasters rely on Sure, and with a Motive line of iOS and USB microphones, portability is now your friend. Imagine being able to get great audio quickly and easily from your phone, tablet, or computer. Simply visit Sure.com/Motive to start getting great audio for your content now. That's S-H-U-R-E.com/Motive. No marketing creates clients. It's about building a relationship consistently. You can use social media platforms to build that relationship. You can use advertising to build that relationship. You can use many formats to build a relationship. But the key always is, are you building a relationship consistently? Because if you are, you will never run out of clients. Listen to the full episode at Master Coaching with Ajit Podcast. Have you heard? You can now start your podcast ad campaign for as little as $250. From driving mass awareness to converting a niche audience, podcast advertising can do it all. Now with our self-serve platform, you can share your message to millions of listeners across 80,000 plus shows only available through Acast. Create your campaign in a matter of minutes. Visit acast.com advertising to start your campaign today.